The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five movies. Top five, top, top five movies. Come on. Top five movies. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Top Five Movies. I'm John Burke. With me this week are Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. The band is back together, guys, after a couple of episodes without each other. Um, we're here for the holidays. The whole family's here. Uh, we're going <laughs> to roast the turkey and and smoke the dumplings and... I don't. You don't smoke dumplings, oh. do you? Dumplings? I don't know. You just boil them. I was just kind of. I was just <laughs> going for something. Um, but uh, uh, is, I think he's. I think that was a euphemism. I don't know what he's talking about. Our, no, our um, some product like Hudson Hawk crew probably used. Oh no! Speaking of, uh, we just never re- dies. recorded and released our to- um our Burke reviews movie club episode about Hudson Hawk which was in relation to our um, summer movie wager that we did this past summer uh, the fantasy draft where we each picked five movies that we thought would have the highest box office total worldwide according to Box Office Mojo and um, the accumulative amount of points were based also on their Metacritic scores Um, so a movie that has both a high Metacritic and a lot of money would score more points I was the victor this first annual uh, one um, and I got to pick a movie, which was Hudson Hawk, a movie that I am fond of, um, that they had never seen, and it was a 17 Metacritic, so not a great film, um, by most standards, and they, they, we just recorded our episode, we won't talk about it here, but if you would, uh, listen to that episode, you get the, uh, the reward for being a top five movie listener, but this week, um, in honor of Thanksgiving, we're gonna be talking about our top five movie, uh, food moments, and we'll be getting to that momentarily, but first, I thought we would talk a little bit about our Thanksgiving plans. So, guys, what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? I, I think we are going to be at Grandma and Grandpa's house, because mm. we usually kind of rotate, and with a bunch of our family that moved up to Pennsylvania, then it really only leaves us, and that's okay, because we can now have what we want to have, so I'm okay with that. Oh, is there something special Sorry. you like to have that you didn't get to before? Uh, no, actually, when we were all together, we actually did get to have all oh. sorts of crazy stuff. So I do, it is kind of, I mean, I kind of wish all of us could be all together, but I don't know that that'll happen. So I will mm. say one year we went down, do y'all, have y'all ever been down to Four Seasons down in Sunray? I think it's just south of Frostproof. Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay, we went there for Thanksgiving and... It wasn't bad, but it was so busy. Oh, but we, nobody had to clean up, so that true. was a nice thing. We went to uh, Cracker Barrel last year for uh, Thanksgiving, and it was insane. Um, but delicious, but insane. Uh, super, super crazy busy at the Cracker Barrel on Thanksgiving Day. Um, I feel for the poor people that are the servers, or I mm-hmm. mean, you know, because your wife has to go in that, not, you know, oh, to work retail. Yeah, and between servers, because a lot more places are open. I think Cafe Tutu Tango was doing a certain never-ending something oh, for a wow. certain price per person. And just the variety, of, they would lose money on me, uh, of <laughs> things that, that they have. It would be very, I wouldn't mind trying, but 
That's that would be easily ninety plus tip and gas and travel. Oh, yeah. Thing. Yep. Uh, it, it it it's it'd be nice, but I don't know that the that John, my youngest, would would get the most out of it. Got it. I don't know. You never know. Corey, what are you doing? I am going to my aunt and uncle's. Uh, Bill and I are, um, and we do like a potluck style oh, okay. dinner. So I'm making deviled eggs because that's my mm. thing. My family loves. Mm. Um, and then I'm making green bean casserole for the first time, and I want to try to make like homemade rolls. I'll let you know how that goes. Steamed dumplings, awesome. Um, <laughs> Steamed dumplings, no, smoked, yes. Smoked, smoked dumplings. Uh, smoked dumplings. <laughs> yeah, much better. Um, <laughs> They have the dumpling fricassee, uh, yeah, we dumpling are, kebab. This uh, <laughs> it's become a somewhat of a tradition where um, we it's just my wife, me, and our uh, my daughter Taylor um, for Thanksgiving. Uh, my mother in law and before this year it was my mother in law and my father in law um, would often either go on like a cruise. Or they would travel like to North Carolina to see family up there. So it's become kind of just my wife, my daughter, and I. But we usually go to Ice on Thanksgiving, which is at Gaylord mm-hmm. Palms. Um, and this is the first year that we're not getting to do that tradition uh, for the last couple oh. because my wife is having oh, to work. go to work really early. Usually she at goes like to work three, right? yeah, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, our local mall is opening, which, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be super crowded at 3 o'clock, which is when most people are either eating or just finished eating, and they're watching Recovering football. Recovering from and re- coma. Exactly. So 3 o'clock is unnecessary, but this early start time, because usually she goes in about 9 on Thanksgiving, and she works till you know 6 in the morning, and it's crazy. <sighs> so now she's working like 3 to, I'm guessing, 1 or 2. I don't actually know what okay. the plan is, but she's having I- to go in so early in that day that we're having that we're gonna have a very early thanksgiving like lunch um and then it'll just be me and my kid playing video games the rest of the day would be my guess but um and we'll probably do you all not do you all not watch the parade yes yeah uh in fact that's a great point that is one of my traditions every year we watch uh macy's day thanksgiving day parade um you guys you watch it i assume mike uh I don't know that my kids tune in as much as I would like them to. And it's funny. Who was – someone was just talking about this. I don't know who it was, but there's something – I don't know that balloons speak to kids now anymore. Or at least, mm. you know, but having been from New York and whatnot, it's, it's ingrained in me. You have to have a Macy's Thanksgiving parade. And sometimes it's surprising. I think one year, if it wasn't last year, it was De La Soul. I'm thinking – you know, some of the people that show up in the middle of the parade just are very surprising. So I'll I'll probably put it on as many TVs as I can in the house, and then we'll head to Thanksgiving lunch, dinner, whatever we're doing. Yeah, this will be the first year we're watching it. Um, I actually don't even know for sure. Is it on ABC? Um, because we have uh, we're I, using streaming streaming uh, TV services. NBC, I Ooh, thought we may not have but, the access to it. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I don't know why it would be exclusive to a network, but maybe there is some. I don't remember. I'll have to look. Um, it'll be this is our first year where we have internet TV rather than normal cable, so I'm, um, I don't think we have an NBC regular channel. I'm not sure if they do live TV on the NBC app or not. Um, I'll have to do some digging. What about cause... what about what's the shared uh, what you call it account that you have? Oh, that might work, um, but there's not. It would be on like a computer and not on like, yeah. 
the yeah. Fire Stick or the Roku. Um, well, can you do YouTube from your phone to your TV? I can do YouTube on yeah. my I TV. I wonder. Yeah. Okay. Do they stream that? I don't know if you can get it that way. I don't know. Oh, I don't watch it. Uh, you would think they would. It's really basically a, a, a lot of advertising, and yeah. so why why keep it from from the people you know they want to advertise to? I'll have to do some looking because that that is gonna uh, that'll be an interesting um, part of this week finding out because that's gonna change my tradition possibly. You have uh, four I, days. Well, actually, I realized that four too. Days. Even with uh, a, a Christmas story on Christmas Eve. That while I have TBS, um, I have or oh. I have TBS and TNT. I don't like to just have the TV streaming because it's eating up our data kind mm-hmm. of thing. So if mm-hmm. like normally I go to sleep watching it and wake up still watching it, you know. So this will be like I might have to actually buy it so I can just have it on loop. <laughs> it's six dollars on Blu-ray right now yep. at Target. It is. I I saw that. Um, I don't think wow, they had it in the store. It. Yeah, it is. It's one yes. of the only ones I've never bought because I've never needed to. Uh, because it's always on, you know, <laughs> like you, it's a guarantee that you're going to see it on Christmas Eve. Um, well, well, that's one that my wife could do without, but I would, I, I always try to put in as many, you know what the other part that is, should be a traditional, I do try to slip it in, but not everyone's in agreement with me. The MST3K Turkey. Oh, Turkey um, marathon. I'd be down. They to did watch it last that. year. They're doing. I think that it's that might be through Shout Factory. I would guess Pluto TV will probably have that. Ah, nice. Well, um, it's these Thanksgiving kind of traditions, and um, unlike many other holidays, Thanksgiving is really just about eating, right? Like it's about gorging ourselves and um, all of the delicious food that we have. We mentioned, uh, you know, the, some of the food that like Corey's making deviled eggs. I love having deviled eggs at uh, Thanksgiving. We are doing. Um, a, we just bought a turkey breast instead of a whole turkey because it's just the mm-hmm. three of us. But we have yep. way too many side dishes. Like we have, we're gonna have the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on it, green bean casserole, mashed potatoes, stuffing. I mean, um, it's just but so much food. Um, my favorite thing about Thanksgiving is you like cook once and you eat for like twenty seven days. Yes, there's. It's almost like Hanukkah of food. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> how many days can we make this turkey last? Um, I don't know that I would want it after 27, but yeah. if you keep it, it's cold. my favorite number to exaggerate with. Yes. Oh, really? That's interesting. Um, <laughs> yes, because of the Katherine Heigl movie, right? Because the 27 dresses. I've you're... never oh. seen that movie. Oh, okay. Thought maybe you just latched onto it, but um, that's why our list this week we we picked our favorite food moments from films, and these could be uh, people cooking food, eating food, preparing food, um, or maybe throwing their food. Uh, who knows? Anything like that really would have qualified for our list this week. Um, we'll have picked a movie and then talk about it. I'm hoping I have specific scenes pulled from the movies, but however you guys did it is how you did it. Um, let's get into our list. Uh, this week, Corey's going to be going first, then Mike, then me. Um, before we do that, Corey. Spoiler warning, if you want to check out our top five list, you can go to BerkReviews.com first and see them there. Otherwise, full speed ahead, we might be ruining, spoiling these movies for you. Corey, I don't know if we told you, but I, Mike and I forgot to do a spoiler warning last week because you weren't <gasps> on the show. <laughs> we remembered like halfway through our list when we started to spoil a movie and we're like, oh wait, we should probably give a spoiler warning. Oh list. no! I think it's funny because you usually remind me. And it's it's but... part of my flow is I go, yeah. Corey, and then you do it. And then <laughs> last week you weren't here, so I never introduced it. And it was just like, keep oh, going. Oh, no. Um, 
and then you'll just have to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh the next thing we do is we wager. Um how many of Mike's movies will we have seen? This list I have no clue as I uh. I don't know how he picked his his choices so i'm very very uncertain what i should say here but i feel like i'm versed in food when it comes to movies um so i'm gonna go three three out of five i will have seen of mike's list i've been a low ball as usual it's a two but john i have a feeling that i'm gonna know two movies i'm expecting you to name scenes from two movies in your list that so you will have on your list too, or that you're just expecting? No, oh, okay. Just that I'm expecting you to have. Interesting, interesting. It's a little bit different. That's uh, I'm I'm curious if that's true, and I'm like, wow, how predictable am I? But we'll find out. Um, like, <laughs> but you'll have to wait for me because you're going first. So, <laughs> Corey, okay, what is your number five uh, food moment? I hate going first. Um, my number five is from 1991's Hook. Oh, interesting. As soon as I read um, what this week's topic was going to be, this one came to mind. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but it's the imaginary Never Foods food fight scene where um, Hungry Pan, uh, played by Robin Williams, sits down to dinner with the Lost Boys. And at first, all of the pots and pans are empty, but he starts to use his imagination and the food starts appearing and they end up having a pretty awesome food fight. Huh. And Pan stands on the table, and they're, like, throwing weird, like, Technicolor mashed potatoes, I think they are. Interesting. I think I remember that. I I have not seen Hook Mm. since it probably came out on video. Like, it's been a long, long time. Um, I I vaguely remember that scene, but that's a really cool pull. Rufio! Thanks. (laughs) (sighs) Mike, are you of the... mashed potatoes. Are you of the... They were, like, red and blue, Mike. Are you of the anti? It sounds like ice cream. <laughs> it kind of looked I like. I love that. ice cream. Are you of the anti hook uh, camp, Mike? Or are you pro hook? Uh, uh, well, I, I would <laughs> prefer it more than Hudson Hawk. <laughs> and in in the realm of H titled movies, that one comes first, and it really does, literally. Alphabetically come before Hudson Hawk, so there we go. All right. Um, I I definitely. It's funny because that movie will come up in like weird cycles. I was listening to uh, the da- slash film daily podcast, and they brought up Hook um, for I think a teaser trailer. Um, they were talking about their favorite teaser oh. trailers of all time because of the new Deadpool teaser trailer that came out. Um, Deadpool two teaser trailer. And um, one of the, which was hilarious. It is super hilarious. <laughs> uh, and one of the guys on Slash Film brought up uh, Hook, and then that is a, a movie that's often hated, but there is a fan base for it. And um, Corey, it sounds like you might be uh, in that party. I'm undecided because it's been too long since I saw it. I liked it when it came out, though. So I feel like I should probably rewatch it as an adult, yeah. but it may not hold up. But then again, it, it maybe it'll hold up more because you can relate to uh, Robin Williams' character a little more. Oh. You know, as we've aged. Uh, nah, that, maybe that's the thing. It's the Robin Williams thing. Mm. Mm. Well, that leads mm. us to uh, Mike's number five. Uh, so Corey has a uh, imaginary food fight. Mike, what do you have for number five? Well, mine doesn't have to do with food fight, but it is using food in a different fashion than it's you know, typically used for eating. 
and it, it is one from one of the many, many choices where I was way too young to be watching this particular one. It's 1986's erotically charged nine and a half weeks with Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger. Hmm. In this one, it's basically a lustful story between the two characters and they're kind of obsessed with one another. And this is in the day, you know, the younger Mickey Rourke way before, you know, the wrestler and, and Sin City and whatnot. Um, so at, throughout the course of their nine and a half weeks, because it's a nine and a half week affair, like it pretty much gives you the idea, uh, the premise of the, of the movie. They, there is a scene where they do a bunch of stuff with food that to me at the time, and this was rel- kind of revealing of my thinking, it seemed really wasteful. And I, I, I'm guessing I really wasn't sure what I was watching at the time because looking back at it, I can see why it would be a water cooler kind of scene. And just you kind of using your imagination without giving too much away. And it has been a while, a long while. This came out in 86, so I didn't see it at the theater. Let's say I want a video released two or three years later. I still would have been pretty young to see this. Uh, I, I didn't realize that the thing was a box office bomb at the time. It barely brought in uh, half of its production budget in the box office. There, uh, Going back to the description and everything that I read, there's a lot more steamier content than I remember. So I think I very much, because it's not a film about mo- uh, food itself, it just had that one scene. I was like, oh, well, mm, mm. And um, kind of, you know, was like, oh. I, I was really stuck on that, I think, because I do like food, but I was stuck on the fact that maybe it could have been put to better, less infectious kinds of uses. So hmm. it has a 64% fresh rating, 56% audience score, 5.9 IMDb score, 2.8 letterbox score out of 5, and a 50 meta score. So it's not highly rated, but it's one that stuck in my mind. That's yeah. That's a movie I've not seen, to my knowledge. Um, I'm very familiar with the title. It's one that seems to get mentioned frequently enough, for some reason, or unless there's other movies with a similar nine and a half weeks type of title. But I didn't realize Mickey Rourke was in that movie though. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the obviously the male love interest. Kim Basinger is there. I think there there's a nod to it or a mention of it in Scream. Or which movie was it? But they don't even get it right. They're looking for Federico Fellini's, I want to say, nine and a half. Ah. Huh. And they and they say, oh, yes, we have nine and a half weeks, which isn't even, you know, it's slightly close, but not nearly the same movie. Interesting. I, I can't remember what. <sighs> That's going to bother me because I just saw that again. Oh. Well, Corey, have you seen nine and a half weeks? I haven't. And I don't know if I really want to. That's <laughs> well, just one scene, Sorry. I'm sure. I doubt this is the whole movie, right? Uh, well, like I, I said, it is. It is. You know, they are lustful after one another, and um, I think they might have. They might even, you know, how the trailers go, and they're because they're in front of the fridge, and I'm like, oh, that's also a wasteful electric. Car. You're leaving a <laughs> yeah. large carbon I, footprint on. I had a lot of. It's. I feel mis- like <laughs> misguided. This is our parents. (laughs) Well, that scene is in two other movies, actually, too, um, that I've seen. And I haven't seen that in a half weeks. And I don't know. 
I didn't put it on my list, but I don't I don't want to say the movies in case it's on one of your list. But um, at the end, uh, remind me about the other two food intimacy movies. Uh, one's a comedy. Mm-hmm. One's actually more of a parody um, <laughs> film, and the other one I is. I can think of one. I I'm, can think of. I'm guessing. Yeah, we've talked about this movie before you and I um so I'm sure that one you probably are thinking and the other one is the movie I thought it was based on but now I'm wondering if it's based on nine and a half weeks so I'll uh, we'll get to that in a little bit but for now let's move into my number five which is an animated movie um from 2001 Spirited Away um, oh yeah 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 there's a few scenes that I could pull from this I'm gonna go with um, I was thinking of going with No Face when he starts just wanting everything. He wants all the food brought to him. But I actually think I'll start with the inciting incident, which is when her parents uh, start pigging out on the food at the beginning of the movie, right? Like, they they smell food. They want food. They just start eating this food. And she's trying to, like, stop, stop, you guys. And then they turn into pigs, like, in front of her face um, because they are they're gorging and they, it wasn't food meant for humans in the first place, but they just started grubbing down to you know, let their greed take over. Um, and it's what sets her off into the spirit world. Had they not done that, uh, the movie doesn't happen. So I feel like if there's going to be a scene related to food, it's that one. It's that overeating. And what better scene for you know Thanksgiving, right? Like these two people just gorging <laughs> themselves on all the food that's in front of them just because it's there. Um and yeah, that's that's probably gonna be me on Thanksgiving, just like shoveling, like I want more yams and you know. So, um, jeez, I, I, I've calm, calm down, I, I gotta man. Calm down. But um, you're I, gonna become a pig, and then Taylor's gonna have to go into the spirited away realm, and your wife will be at work. So, well, you know, we have, um, I believe we've talked about my lack of uh, seeing the Studio Ghibli films. For the most part, I've only seen Spirited Away. But I've seen Spirited Away several times now. Um, I've taught Spirited Away, and it's a film that I'm very, uh, I'm very aware of. Like I know a lot of the ins and outs. I know a lot of the the, uh, the the themes and things like that. It's something I've, I've beyond just watched it. But it's such a great movie. Um, I'm actually looking at the uh, the cast list for the American translated uh, version, which is the version that I have access to. Um, there's a 96 score on Metacritic. Um, uh, Devi, Devi Chase. I'm not sure how to say her name, but she was. Um, oh, um, Samantha Darko. Yeah, um, and but also the voice of Lilo apparently in Lilo and Stitch, and she's Samara mm. in the the Ring. Um, so, oh. and, um, Su- Suzanne Plachette, who is in the Birds uh, with you know, Hitchcock, is the voice of Yubaba, and she's excellent in this. Um, I mean the the movie is one of my favorite animated films ever it's so great um it's just it's one that I, every time i watch it i actually think i like it more and it, it i'm i'm very aware of my need to see the other studio ghibli films i just have not um invested the time for some reason i might even try to do at least one or two this week since i'm off um i need to watch some movies i haven't watched anything new since uh justice league on thursday so i'm kind of slacking oh. Um, it's, I've been occupied with other stuff this weekend. I, I've been watching The Punisher on Netflix. Um, I've only got through two episodes so far, but I really, really love that show so far. And um, I've watched like three episodes of The Office as I'm slowly rewatching The Office uh, for no particular reason other than I just throw it on when I'm working and stuff because it's, you know, comfort TV. You know, like it's just it can be on in the background. I can pause for a minute, enjoy a, a gym look, and then move on from there. Yeah. Uh, well, I, got, oh, I love Jim Halpert. Taylor is, um, I think, through season six of The Office for her first viewing of it, and she's loving it. So I'm super stoked. Nice. About that. 
but um yes i haven't Go ahead, seen go ahead. any of this i haven't seen any of those films i want to do the ghibli fest this year but my i don't know they supposedly sold out of the like passes which oh, wow. i never actually saw them go on sale so that was really weird but they are playing howl's moving castle i think the sunday after thanksgiving i think mm-hmm. you are I correct really want to try to check yeah. it out now see i have i have five on blu-ray plus spirited away um and howl's is one of them and i also have uh Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, which is one of Mike's okay. recommendations. You need to watch that one. I need to watch it immediately. I also have uh, My Neighbor Totoro, and yep. um, I have two others, but I can't think of what they are. But I, I picked what's like I think the the best five from what I my research said. Other Spirited Away I already had. So, um, but I need I just need to invest the time. But uh, when I was thinking about food, this was one of the first ones that popped into my head because I've watched it so many times over the last year. Um, that it was it was fresh in, in the brain. So, um, that's my number five. Let's go to Corey's number. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, Mike. Do you have anything to add? Because you are a fan of the Studio Ghibli films. I am. It's it's that one has a more of a balance because some of the ones you mentioned, like Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind, that's my one. I would say watch first, and um, my neighbor Totoro is definitely a, a sillier that. Each of those have kind of a couple little things that are uh, kind of serious tone, but mostly light. Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind, has more battles things. But Spirited Away, it is monstrous in some parts. Oh, yeah. And I'm not talking – I'm not talking – like, No Face kind of creepy-like, but not monstrous like Ubaba and the Baby and and the way it – just what happens in the transformation of the parents and – it's you know I put some the little the the young child has to go through a lot, mm-hmm. and what that's one of those things that they they put their female characters and they're always strong characters and it's very good. Um, yep. Probably the harder one because I don't know that you mentioned Princess Mononoke and I really I love it. One. It's definitely good. Okay, that would be and so do I. I have a few, uh, but that one is was a, in parts more violent than I expected, but it's still mm. very good. There is there are very few of the from that studio that I you know, I wouldn't watch. And yeah, definitely get on it. You have homework. Yep, definitely. Big time homework. Um all right, well Corey, let's go to your number four, uh top five food moment. Movie food Okay. Moment. Um I haven't seen this movie, I don't think, since it's been in the theater, but I chose two thousand and one from, um, I think it's Hannibal Lecter, or just Hannibal. Um, Dr. Hannibal Lecter eats a brain. Oh, when... <laughs> oh that's awful. <laughs> I love, like, I didn't realize um, that he, his food is in a Dean and DeLuca box. And I only, within, like, the fi- last five or six years, have learned what Dean and DeLuca is. Hey, poor girl. But um, it's, like, like um, this really expensive um you know, like gourmet type stuff. One of my old bosses used to um, buy like their seasonings and things like that. And probably not something I would invest in, but I love that he opens that Dean and DeLuca food box and there are all these delicacies in there. And then the, the small child that's sitting beside him asks to try the brain. And then, you know, I think uh, Hannibal calls him a strange or a weird kid. And then he does share it with him. But I just love that it's like right in that box with like caviar and you I, know. Well, I, it, it, he 
has a very expensive taste as mm -hmm. a character, and you you get that um, throughout the whole entirety of the of the novel run. It's, it's part and of the of course, uh, that, the allure of the character too, because you don't you don't usually associate cannibals with um, upper class, and that's something that right. is so interesting He's, about the character. Well, and the way he was picking his victims, I mean, that that was all right. So, I put that on my honorable mentions. Mm. It, it, it is a. Uh, there were other ones that I I wanted uh, to mention, but that that was uh, Paul Crandler was played by Ray Liotta, and they changed yeah. it, and that was the way it was in the novel. They did alter the way the ending was, which I did not like, but. You know, that kid not knowing what he's getting into. This is why kids don't talk to strangers or take stranger food from strangers because you don't know what you're going to get. And that's how we get crystallization on the brain when we start eating too much uh, brains. But even and even going back into Silence of the Lambs, that whole – because I debated the lamb chop scene right before he escapes. Oh. And did you all ever notice the little touches they put in there? Did you see what he was reading? No. He was reading Bon Appetit. He was reading oh, okay. Bon Appetit, which is, you know, the higher end. Is that gourmet. the magazine? Mm-hmm. That's the magazine in his, in his cell that he's reading. And, you know, it's kind of kind of a darkly humorous moment because you know what he's getting ready to get into after that. But going back to the brain-eating scene, I mean, I don't know that you fully touched on the, the, the – effect because he literally makes Krendler eat part of his own brain yeah he's excised mm -hmm. it popped the cap and done you know he's a, he's a psychiatrist so he does have medical training and while he's still conscious and at a, at a reduced mental capability and, and wasn't uh, Clarice in there as well yeah she's tied up in the chair watches him eat his own right brain. right Right, and he's enjoying. He's even relishing. Oh, that smells so good! It's yeah. really disturbing. It's so disturbing. And, yeah, and, and you got it. You got understand. But again, that's how Thomas Harris wrote it. That's how it was in the novel what? that I could remember. I, and I, I'm pretty sure I've only saw Hannibal in the theater on opening weekend in 2001. I don't think I've mm. ever watched it again. I didn't realize it was Ray Liotta. Um, mm -hmm. until way later, like a few years ago, I when I because I was very late to the Goodfellas game because I just avoided all gangster movies for a long time, and so when I finally watched Goodfellas, I was like, "Oh, Ray Liotta's great!" And so I wasn't really familiar with him. I mean, he's in a bunch of stuff, but for some reason, I just never acknowledged him as an actor until I saw Goodfellas. And so when I started like looking at his his IMDb, I'm like, "Oh wait, he's in Hannibal!" And I was like, "Oh my god, it's the guy with the brain!" Because I remember that scene so mm -hmm. vividly. Um, well, and and Krendler, the character in Sounds of the Lamb is kind of a, of the Lambs was kind of a minor character. You only kind of flash see him, and he got onto Crawford's case because they made that deal about Bird Island and kind of going that further. Kind of, because they found out about it, oh, the senator's do whose daughter was kidnapped found out about it. It really messed things up and basically delayed, you know, the progress of trying to find her. And so from that they kind of expanded his role and re I didn't feel too bad for him because he was pretty awful to Starling. The stuff he said, I can't even repeat was yeah. just, just, mm. yeah, I don't and remember so, much other than that scene in that movie. I remember not thinking it was as good as silence of the lambs. Um, no, it wasn't, but is it, I haven't seen it in a long time and I didn't realize when I watched it that that was Gary Oldman. 
Yeah, I didn't yes, realize as, he was in yes, it either. Yes, as Mason. Isn't and that, that, yeah. And that was the other part. Where, the, the pigs. The pigs, which, oof. I mean, and really, that's what they'll do. They'll eat anything. Uh-huh. And they were, they, he was having them specifically made to go be, you know, meat eaters, specifically human meat eaters, because that's what he wanted. He wanted to get his revenge because he lost his face to Hannibal Lecter to his own dogs, I believe. Oh. See, I don't remember this movie hardly at all. Um, but yeah, I, that's a crazy pick, though, when you're thinking about food moments. But it's a good one for sure. <laughs> uh, Mike, what do you got for number four? All right. Well, it. I will promise it's n- my whole list does not include Mickey Rourke, but this pick does. <laughs> so I, I, I am on maybe a Mickey, Mickey Rourke, Rourke really likes food. Pick. Uh, well, in this case, he's in the scene. But um, anyway, my number four is another film with Mickey Rourke that also had its share of controversy when it was released, 1987's Angel Heart. And for me, my draw to it was Lisa Bonet. I found out that she was in it, and I made it a point to try to see this. And if I recall correctly, this was the film that got her booted from the Cosby Show oh. cast. And later oh. on, they had the spinoff. Yeah, well, because there were some pretty, pretty lurid scenes in the subject matter. Uh, basically, the premise is that Carrie Angel is a PI who is played by Mickey Rourke. And he is tasked with finding a missing person. So there we are. Um, but the scene I'm thinking about has the person who hired him, which is Robert De Niro's character. And it's very simply put together. It's in a restaurant. They're the only people in the, in the scene. And the character that De Niro plays gives a huge bit of foreshadowing to the audience as to who he really is. And he starts the scene with a hard-boiled egg. I think there's more than one, but I remember he starts with one. And I'd never seen an egg rolled and shelled the way he did it. The character has these very long fingernails, not just pinky nails, but long pointed nails. And he takes it and he kind of cracks it across the equator of the egg and then just starts peeling. Very very meticulous about it. I've never seen an egg eaten that way. I usually just crack it, get it off get the shell off and be done and he makes a point to refer that some religions as quote some religions think that the egg is the symbol of the soul and then the way he mentions that and the meticulous time he takes peeling and eating and they're talking business as he goes along it it was kind of uncomfortable and it stuck out to me he's robert de niro is always good this film did not do so um, I don't remember. Actually, I know I didn't see it in the theater. It's 87, so I was 14. I, I saw the video release, which I don't remember when it got released on video. It has a 78% fresh, 81% audience score, so it did well overall there. 7.3 IMDb rating, 3.6 letterbox rating, and so at least my rating trend is up. Do you remember if his last name, uh, De Niro's last name, is pronounced Cypher in the movie? Or? Yes. It is. It is oh, because man. they even mention it. I'm so intrigued by it. this, dude. Like, I want. I really want to watch this. Um, it's. I, I. I got into it, and and I. I forgot the ratings were pretty up there. I. I rented it a few times. You. It is harder to find. I don't know that would I've you, seen it on anything. Would you say this feels like a noir film? Um, like I would say. I would say it has that feeling to it. Dude, I gotta I'm say too. I'm curious how well it. It would hold up. That's a 30-year-old film. I'm just curious. The scene still creeped me out. I watched it again because I wanted to get that quote and see how it worked and see if it held up. 
that scene for sure held up for me, and I I would figure the rest probably would. Do too. you think Mickey Rourke had like botched plastic surgery, or was he in an accident? Yes, yes. No, I think you. I think oh. you're right, and that's uh, that's something because you've seen and even uh, Meg Ryan and Jennifer Grey and a couple of the, I th- I think something along those lines I think you're right. Well, I'm looking at the picture of him and and uh Lisa Bonet and I'm like he's actually kind of handsome. What he, happened? He, <laughs> like, yeah, homeboy was he was handsome. Cuz I only really know him from his his more recent stuff. His more um, recent film, yeah. And he's he you know his he looks like he's wearing a mask to me. Mm-hmm. Um it's like in the wrestler uh, he looks, you know, very different. Even in the Expendables, like he's like the bartender in the Expendables movies. Mm-hmm. He yeah. looks like he's got like a mask or something on. And I'm looking at this picture, like, well, I'll be darned. He's he's well, a good looking guy back in the '80s. Like, what happened? I would figure that's probably a result of overzealous facelifts. Yeah, because at some point your skin can, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If I had to guess, definitely. <laughs> Ew, it looks like he tried to like square out his jaw or something. Yeah, it's something. Something's. I mean, because he kind of looks like his Sin City character. Because you know, yes, Marv. Yeah, and I don't know, man, but it's pretty crazy. I, I'm Ooh, intrigued I by mean, that premise, though. Uh, think of Michael Jackson, who had so much, yeah, at his disposal monetarily for a while, and you, you know, at some points his face looked like it was peeling off. Yeah, and it literally his nose fell so, off. Oh, his nose. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so oh, God, I, I'm horrifying. guessing something ha- something happened. Uh, I know Meg Ryan had gotten some work done. It's changed her, and well, Jennifer Grey, um, she never should have because that took away kind of her trademark look and made it kind of unrecognizable. Um, uh, Renee Zellweger too. Recently. Zellweger, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. I was trying uh, to think of who and, else. And I don't understand all of that because I. Literally, I honestly, when whatever the last Bridget Jones movie was coming out, I didn't even recognize her. No, she doesn't even look yeah. like the same person. Um, and I've seen you know, Empire Records and me, 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 myself, and Irene. Like I've seen a lot of her movies, and yeah, just unrecognizable. Um, it's 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 a one of those Hollywood system things where yeah, the sad. focus is on that physical. You know, your face. Your it's such yeah. a uh, it's your integral maker. part, yeah, yeah, uh, of you, and you know, well, some some people age well. Um, I I don't know. I um, we'll move into my number four. Um, just to to not dwell on the sad things like that, but um, my number four is one that I don't think many people have seen. It is a fairly new movie. It came out last year about this time. It's called Almost Christmas from 2016. Um, stars uh, Danny Glover is really the lead character, but it is an ensemble cast, so there's a lot of great people in this. I'm just going to read some of the names. Kimberly, um, Elise, Omar Epps, uh, Monique, Gabrielle Union, um, uh, Romani, Malco, J.B. Smoove, who is hilarious in this movie, um, John Michael Higgins, um, Jesse T. Usher, and I think that's the gist of the main kid, the main cast. Um, and it's a it's a holiday movie. Um, a family gets together every year, but this year is the first time they're getting together since Danny Glover's wife has passed away. So the the matriarch of the family is no longer there. And one of the key, like the cornerstone of their holiday dinner, is her uh, sweet potato pie. Um, and 
uh, his goal is to try to still have this normalcy of his family traditions, despite his wife now being gone and him being you know very sad and having a little bit of a hard time without her being there. And especially this time of year, holiday season, and his wife isn't there. So his determination is he's going to use her recipe and make the sweet potato pie. Um, there's a lot of scenes that involve this throughout the film. Like there was the recipe was lost. They finally find it. Um, but he's still concerned. Like, And he had tried a couple of test pies early in the movie, and they did not come out well. So the, the test comes, and it's this is technically a spoiler because it's the end of the film. But... Um, the scene where they finally jump into the pie after a lot of dramas happen. It's very, it's a melodramatic, but a funny, um, family Christmas film. And, um, he, ta- uh, his, his sister-in-law Monique, um, takes the first bite and she makes a face and he's like, Oh no, is it that bad? She's like, it's perfect. And this, it's very heartfelt and it's very much earned. Cause it's been a tough movie. There's been some sad moments and, um, Danny Glover is such a great actor that he really pulls in those dramatic moments really, really well. And so this, he need everybody needed this. They need this pie to be that that you know what it was for all those years. This this comfort food, and it's such a great scene. And I couldn't think of it. I, I had to include it in my top five because it's super endearing. And I do think while I have unhealthy relationships with food to say the least, um, <laughs> there are certain uh, foods that send me back to my childhood or, you know what I mean? Like those are the nostalgic things. And I get that. And this was that moment in this, uh, in this food, it, it reminded them of their, their lost mother and the lost wife and the lost sister. And it's, it's so powerful. It's such a great scene. And it's, um, it's a really great way to end the film. Um, there's this, it's, I actually liked it a lot. I, I just ordered it today on Blu-ray. Um, cause it's on sale at target for nine bucks for Blu-ray digital and DVD. And it's a it's a movie I could see watching every Christmas because I really my wife my daughter and I all went and saw it in the theater last year, we all very much enjoyed it, and so I'm like, well, I'm going to add that to our uh, our rotation. So, and, and that was Danny Glover, right? Yes. See, that's what's because he has a range, and I don't know if everybody fully appreciates that because coming off we just mentioned Lethal Weapon a couple mm-hmm. of weeks yep. back. Uh, he, have you guys watched Grand Canyon? I have not. <laughs> I think that would pair up real nicely with this one. And I kind of am jealous because I don't know that any of mine have that emotional. I mean, Mm. because you, you under, you get, you know, it's a, it's a means to honor that person and they want to get it right. And they want to. And so that may not mean a whole lot to some people, but I think watching it and even knowing now the ending that wouldn't discourage me from watching it. Yeah, I, I so. agree. And, it, and there's still there's a lot that goes on in this movie. So there's there's tons like this is it's not a spoiler at all, to be honest. Like that's one plot line is him. Can he make the pie? But that plot line is really built around everything else because he's trying to keep the family together. And there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that are making the family fall apart. Um, And that pie is kind of like the linchpin if, if i succeed uh, there's a chance that everything will work out and if i don't there's no chance this is the last this is the last holiday we're gonna have as a family like it's it's important but it's not the it's not the movie you know what i mean like it's it's a vital part but it, there's a lot of other stuff going on maybe too much even because it, it does have like a i think a 40 something no i'm sorry 55 metacritic which isn't bad but it's i, I enjoyed it way more than that um I don't necessarily think it's a perfect movie or anything, but I definitely found a lot of similarities to my crazy family in their family. 
Um, and I found a lot of the scenes to be entertaining, even if they were over-the-top melodramatic at times. I think you'll really like Grand Canyon. I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it. I'm going to add that to my list. Thinking, the, uh, thinking about the descriptions of, of what you just said. Um, yeah, definitely. And I, I'm used to seeing, like you said, Danny Glover in either action or something like that. So it's, again, he's got this range. And I mean, he mm-hmm. was in Saw. I really liked him in Saw. Yep. He's he's great. He's really good. And we talked about him in Color Purple too. Um, yeah, in the Color oh. Purple, and what a compare and contrast because right? that character is probably so different from this character. Yeah, I would imagine leaps and bounds different. So, <laughs> um, well, and that's ama- you know that's amazing because I think I was just reading an article about how people you know the actors will put themselves and so you associate that, but that's he goes through all these different types of roles and he does it really well. So. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I, it's one I definitely recommend you guys check out if you can. Um, it's definitely available to rent on places, um, and it's it, Danny Glover is just great um, in this movie. So, uh, and actually, the whole cast is great. But I really do. I, I'm a big Danny Glover fan. I, I think he might be uh, severely underappreciated, um, mm-hmm, definitely, especially in modern audiences. So I definitely say it's worth a worth a watch, especially if you like holiday movies because it's definitely it's better than anything on Hallmark. So. Um, and I know because I've seen I've seen way too many uh, Hallmark movies. Yeah, <laughs> my husband is so lucky. Uh, let's go to Corey's number three. Uh, unless Corey, you had anything to add about Almost Christmas? No, I have not seen that one. Um, I'm gonna get some hate for this one, but it's from 1987's The Lost Boys. Oh, is it Chinese food? I, yes. <laughs> That's great. David, um, as a kid, this this scene, like, freaked me out. And I've always hated maggots. Like, oh, my God, I hate maggots. Um, like, when I see them, I want to just throw up. I can't even explain that reaction that I have. But um, David offers Michael um, rice as he's uh, eating it. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry, I just triggered. I, I, I don't remember The Lost Boys a whole lot, but I, oh. I remember what you're talking yeah, about. Oh, um, as he's eating it, David asks how the maggots taste and then offers him noodles that seem to be wiggly worms. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Michael seals his fate by drinking the wine that ends up being blood. Yeah, and it should be noted, they're not actually the bugs, though, right? Like it's, it's... No, it's not. They're messing with his mind. Yeah. Just glamour- they're glamouring him and yeah. messing with him. No sparkling vampires, though. <laughs> nah. Nope. No. Vampires don't sparkle in the sunlight. Gosh darn it. But um, no. that's actually one of the scenes in that movie I like, though, to be honest. So, like, if you – there are other moments in that movie that I would make fun of, but I thought that scene was really effective, and it was uh, – the way they shot it, even, it was really cool because, like, you saw them eating the rice, and then it would close up on, and it was, like, the moving – Like, down into the box? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked that scene a lot. Um and a really good one, actually. I didn't even think about that scene when I was – this This was a hard podcast to, to build the list for because I know there's a million moments that feature food. But when I was trying to think of them, my brain shut down for a little bit. And it took a lot of research to really remind myself of what what scenes I wanted to talk about. I just kept thinking of television shows. Oh, like yeah. the Drew Carey show where his girlfriend breaks up with them because they she's eating too much and gaining weight. Like I just was having a hard time focusing on movies. Interesting, but it's true. They're in almost every single. The, uh, you know, some yeah. of my picks were. I, I only had difficulty with. A, I would say two picks, maybe three at the most. Yeah, I would say. The, uh, 
I, I have I still have like quite an honorable mention, but I know there's movies that I'm missing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. those, there's stuff that I'm not thinking of. Didn't even think of. Yeah. Yeah, and I will later remember them and be upset. That's what. Be like, you know. dang it. <laughs> um, Definitely. Uh, all right, that I think that's a good pick. Um, you even helped Mike remember a scene from a movie that he kind of forgot, so that's interesting. Hey. Um, Mike, what do you got for number three? All right, well, completely, I mean, going with something completely different, different genres. It's a pick that one can watch with the whole family. Um, I only have two that meet that family wholesome kind of criteria. Uh, I don't know why that is. That's odd to me. But so this time we're headed into 1987 with oh. Mr. Bean's Holiday. Really? And this, yes, uh, this is one I've shown to a few student groups, and usually have turned even the disinterested into fans of Bean of various levels. I won't say fanatics. Do you mean 2007? Enough, did I say what? You said 1987, which was Corey's year, and that's why I was like, "That's weird." I meant 2007. Okay, I had the correct date in my brackets here, right yeah. next to it, but I don't know why I had the incorrect date written. But yes, I did mean 2007. What also threw me off was like, so, I was like, there was a Mr. Bean movie in 1987. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you know, he's he's timeless. He is. He's an alien, which I do think he is an alien. In any case, the beauty of this overall is that. Most of the film is done without English dialogue. Majority of it is in French, Spanish, general facial expressions and physical comedy, and it, you know that makes it pretty universal. Um, so in any case, Bean, Bean wins a raffle and he gets a trip to Con and goes through his adventures and meets uh, Sabine, and they have a little kind of thing. Anyway, they go through all this different stuff, and it also includes Willem Dafoe in it if you haven't seen it. And he has, uh, almost, it's a minor character, but it, it does tie in through the majority of the film. So, for anyone that's familiar with Rowan Atkinson's character, you will likely know what comes next. But for the uninitiated, this scene is a spectacle to behold. <laughs> Needless to say, many an item of seafood is sadly not eaten or eaten so incorrectly that it makes one weep. I, I was very sad at the loss of uh, a couple of langostinos. But um, basically what he does, he's, he's a fi- it's a fish out of water story. Oddly enough, he's eating seafood. And so, you know, he goes with um, what's recommended by the maitre d'. And it's, you know, this fancy plate with oysters. I mean, you can t- I can tell oh. my kids that are, um, there's there's one, there's Corey right there. Don't uh, eat muscles. My kids, mm-hmm. Why you got to be a shellfish? So shellfish, anti-shellfish. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. Violet. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, I can tell my kids that are into, I, I know one, anyway, that are into that kind of food. And so he has this whole platter of larger shrimps, langostinos, and needle, at some point there's, you know, he doesn't get along with the oysters. He had that reaction like Corey did and ends up dumping them in the purse of the lady next door. Oh. And almost gets cut. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a build up <laughs> off of his skit because he has a similar skit in, in the TV series. I think it was steak tartare, and not mm-hmm. um, not oysters. And then he literally, and that, uh, I'm sure it was a candied langostino of some sort, but shell and all, and he's crunching away and eating, and you know you see the last little bits of claws, and he's got people watching him, and so 
you know, the maitre d's looking at them for approval ones and he gives them the thumbs up and it's crazy. And I'm like, oh, look at all that wasted good food. So, well, I, there's my number three. I skipped this movie and I'm mad at myself because I was a huge Mr. Bean fan. They used to show it on PBS when I was in like middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. watched it like, all the time like I had me and a couple of my friends were like big time Mr. Bean fans I saw the movie in 97 which I didn't realize it was that old the the first movie which is just called Bean where he comes to America yeah, that one's garbage it, that it, one's it absolute has, garbage but there are Bean like moments that are funny but yes as a collective are, it's not but, great but Bean flipping people off that just is not but he didn't know he was flipping people true. off true true but <laughs> I know he is socially inept, but I just didn't buy it. Yeah, it, I, I, I kind of want to watch this lo- one now. It was Americanized. It was. This one was definitely a, a bean, you know, the traditional. Oh, but the score, I mean, I can see where people would miss it. Um, the score is 52% rotten, 49% audience score, 6.3 IMDb, 2.8 letterbox, 56. I, I, I guess I'm one of the few that enjoyed it. But like I said, most of the time... Uh, I've had people like my kids. I tell you how much I liked it. I have two different copies of it. So I, I need to borrow it because I, I actually really want to watch yeah. this. I love the show um, so much. So I'm I'm kind of bummed that I I must have skipped this. Maybe because of the critical reception, or maybe because I saw Bean, which was not as good as the show. And and I saw Bean after watching Mr. Bean's Holiday, and I'm like, ah, that I did not like. I really want and and it had him in it and uh, McNichol. Peter McNichol in it. Which is the dude from uh, Ghostbusters 2. Allie. Yes, and Ally McBeal. Correct. That's him. Um, and the Whistler's mother, because he sneezes on it and then wipes it, and it ruins the painting, and I'll never forget that. Scene. Uh. Um, but, all right. Um, Corey, are you a fan of Mr. Bean at all? I haven't. I think that I've seen parts of the first movie, Bean, because I remember it was when I was in about seventh grade, and that was about that time 1997 yeah but I, I no been a 10th grader um yeah i don't i think i rented it from our local video store uh when it came out i didn't see that in the theater but i did rent it because again i was a big fan of the show um in fact there's one episode that i can't get my head out of which is uh he does like there's like a um like a local rec center and he's doing like different classes and he ends up in a judo class and <laughs> It's one of the rare episodes where he says, like, a word. He doesn't speak much, but uh-huh. he says, like, you bow. And, like, just how he says it. I had my, A friend and I used to, like, quote it to each other all the time. We were just like, <laughs> you bow. I, I don't know why. We just thought it was hilarious. But um, I guess that uh, leads to my was, number three. Oh, go ahead. You man. know what's odd, too? Um, it'd be a perfect time to dig up. I think it's a Christmas one. But the deal, whole deal where he's trying to cook the turkey and ends up with the turkey on his head. head. Yeah, before Friends did that, um, if I'm not mistaken. Cause, oh, I'm sure. Because the show was like in the early 90s, I think, is when it started. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think mm-hmm. 1990 is the uh, start date on IMDb. But, um, Being the trendsetter. That, yes. <laughs> um, that leads to my number three. Uh, which is a movie that I think I've talked about maybe on the podcast before, but it's definitely one of the lesser-known Mike Myers films, and that's uh, from So I Murdered an Axe Murder. It's um, Essentially, it's Charlie and Harriet's first date when he volunteers to help her at the butcher shop, um, which this is, I think, the uh, the first move, uh, movie on my list where it's not eating the food. It's, the, it's just, well, playing with it, essentially, um, as... They are uh, going through the scene of – it's a montage of them working at the butcher shop, 
Mike Myers gets a little bit crazy. My favorite one is probably when he has the meat hanging out of his arm and goes up to the old ladies <laughs> and says, get the nurse. <laughs> there was an accident in shop class. And, um, I, I find this movie uh, still it holds up now. It's hilarious. There are so many funny parts. I think it's some of his best work. Um, and it's one of the few where he's not playing a character like he looks like Mike Myers he's not Wayne Campbell yep. and he's not doing a voice for Shrek and although he does have his father that he plays as well who is in makeup and uh, has a very Scottish accent um, which would later be used for Fat Bastard um, yeah which has some of my favorite lines um, I I love this film but that scene is one of my favorite montages because it is like it's you kind of see them like get because they've, they've they've expressed interest in each other previously but this is really the first, like, where they're spending more than a few moments together or a passing look. Um, and it's like, it's a it's a romantic little first date of sorts that's weird and twisted. But given the rest of their relationship, or at least what he starts to perceive the relationship to be, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's it's just, it's a fun scene. I love the montage there. Um, you know, the music to that scene is really good. Like, I, I just... I, I don't know. There's something about So I Married an Axe Murder from 1993 that has stuck with me since I saw it. Um, I was a big Wayne's World fan, so I, I went into this movie with a lot of hope because of Mike Myers. Um, and it, it's I've loved it ever since I saw it. I still um, – there are some things that will trigger quotes from this movie. Like anytime I'm asking somebody to move, I will say, hey, move now. Like that's not – I don't do good accents, mind you, but nonetheless, uh, the get, reference. Get my pants if you can. And then, um, I, I like uh, the coffee, um, like his giant coffee. Excuse me, I believe I ordered a large. Say that all the time. So yeah, it's... you know what this room needs? Uh, yes, dude. I have said that quote <laughs> so many times. Anytime I want to make that joke, because no, most people don't know this movie, so it just sounds like it's and a Birkenfield it, original. It, it is like a kind of a cult and it's kind yeah. of a way it, it could be a litmus test to see because it is one of his best and highly underseen yeah big time watched roles and you're right it's kind of like an everyday except for he plays his dad and i always go back to s-a-t-u-r-d-a-y yes you know and it's basically rollers yeah and i gotta tell you oddly enough it's it i do believe now more and more that we are in the matrix because the day let's see we had organizational day friday which is basically field day for our high schoolers and that morning wayne's world happened to be on and at that point i'm committed because it's right at the beginning i have to watch the bohemian rhapsody mm-hmm. scene yep later on in the day and this is where i already there's some of these students that you just click with and later on in the day because they all had been given an opportunity to pick clean songs Bohemian Rhapsody comes on and I happen to be in the middle of a group that were at their top of their lungs singing that song. And I'm like, I have hope for the future. Look at these kids. And so I snapped at least a couple of them. And I'm like, all right, I got to wait till it comes to the headbang. And because they knew they knew and some had no idea about Wayne's World, but they, it's just That's instinctive great. where that guitar break goes and it's and then they go and then and it's just. You know that I'm getting away from the so I married an expert, but just yeah. the kind of synchronicity that that's had. You mentioned it, yeah, and then I got to talking to a couple of the other teachers, and they knew they knew what I was talking about. They because some of the teachers are young, but not all of them, and some yeah. get the references, especially no, absolutely no stairway to have. You know, yes, and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and 
And so again, going that route with So I Married an Axe Murderer, that is a means to see, you know, come, let us dance like children of the night. No yeah. one knows those Dude, lines. I have a student and, named Nadia. And every time I say her name, I say it like, oh, Nadia. <laughs> Just, Nadia. <laughs> because of that freaking movie. Or, or, so. oh, or he brings home the thing of haggis because it is food related. Yep. We'll get back to it. Yeah. And mom's like, oh, thank you. And then she looks at it and she knows that that is awful. Yeah, and his face. You know, it's a thought. It's his a face thought. when she's like holding the bag open. He just can't even like – he can't have his nose near the bag. Another uh, food reference. Yeah, I, I love that movie. I definitely – I want to – and kind of with my picks too, I tried to pick movies that I feel like a lot of people haven't seen, um, or yep. maybe like have a, a a collective love. Like Spirited Away is a movie that's beloved, but a lot of people haven't seen it because it's technically a Japanese animated film. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people who skip out on it, and these are movies that you should definitely check out. Um, which let's get to Corey's number two because we are at an hour, so I don't want us to be too late. Um, we're making our usual time though, so we're we're right on track. What do you have, uh, Corey, for number two? I am going to be honest. I had a hard time picking my favorite food scene from this movie because it has at least three great ones. But um, we have June. This is from Minnie and June. Uh, but we have yeah, June yeah. making a smoothie with a snorkel mask on. <laughs> Minnie and June take Sam to the diner right after they've been gifted him to take care of um in a poker game and he makes rolls dance and he's yes. swapping plates between other diners but my favorite scene is at the very end although we already see sam doing this like earlier in the film by himself but um Benny is taking flowers up to june's new apartment and as he comes up to the door he finds she and Sam making grilled cheese sandwiches with a clothes iron on the ironing board. <laughs> and I just love it. And I'm pretty sure that the proclaimers, I will walk 500 miles. Is that what plays during that scene? I'm pretty sure. Um, but I just love that because there's like some pretty tense moments in the movie. We think yeah. that Vinny's going to give June away and Sam and June can't be together. And then it all just ends up perfectly together and works out at the end. And they're making grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I love this movie. I it came it was on again recent a few months back and I, I do like it more than I do not. I like it a whole lot more than I do not. I think that this is one of my favorite Johnny Depp performances. I need I to see this. Um You've oh, never seen this movie? I have not seen this movie and it's <gasps> one that I've known for a while that I think I would enjoy it, and especially um as Johnny Depp's character is based on Buster Keaton. Um or like in the movie, I believe, according to the uh, IMDb <laughs> summary, even, which um, explains the role scene, of course, because that is from a Buster Keaton movie. But um, yeah. I, I, I don't know why I didn't see it. Um, I also, for some reason, thought June was uh, um, Uma Thurman, and that's not the case. Um, I don't know what movie I'm thinking of um, where it's Uma Thurman, but Mary Stuart Masterson is obviously June, so way off on that one but i need to check this out i don't know why i skipped it as a kid but i never i never saw it so oh man i love it uh good pick though it has a lot of scenes that you can pull from um which is always fun because i i don't know that you have to limit it to one scene if if the movie feels like food is a, a heavy element to it you know like food seems to be a connecting point for the characters in the movie so 
Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where uh, June, like, loves tapioca pudding. Ugh. I I just, I know, disgusting. But I love, there are a couple scenes that go around that. It's just a really good movie. I think um, Salute Your Shorts on Nickelodeon made a joke about <gasps> tapioca pudding being fish eyes and not regular tapioca. I think that's where it was. And ever since then, I've never been able to get past that fear of it being fish eyes. I don't like the texture at all. I think it's disgusting. Yeah, the the idea of it. And that's why I don't like the bubble tea um, from, like, the the different Vietnamese places. Because I'm just like, I don't want to chew and drink my food. Thank you. Um, I I either want to drink it or I want to chew it. Not both. But uh, I don't want things to, like, burst in. Yeah, yeah. Not not appealing. Um, So, Mike, what do you have for your number two top five food moments? All right, so my last more than slightly inappropriate scene with food in it is the deli scene from 1989's When Harry Met Sally. Ah. And <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to do an imitation. I don't have uh, – for some reason, when I went to sync all my notes, I know I typed them in. So I, uh, it dropped some of my, my – um, you know, my information I grabbed from IMDb, all the ratings and whatnot. But I feel – that this one is a pretty highly rated film. Yes. It's a, I am not a rom-com person by nature, not typically, but this one hit all the right notes for me. And as she's going through that, cause there's a discussion, they go back and forth and you know, when he, Billy Crystal's character, Harry is so convinced of himself and his prowess uh, in his um, affairs with women that he has never, never been uh, tricked in any way and um sally proves him otherwise in fact so loudly and boisterously and energetically in the middle of a deli very busy lunchtime i guess time lunch rush deli and in fact the other the little kicker at the end the little sting is the uh, I'll, little i'll have what lady. she's having uh, that's exactly that's that's exactly <laughs> how i named it as the i'll have what she's having deli scene from when harry met sally yep. And uh, I, I initially, my first thought was, oh, the cherry eating scene that he eats uh, right when he gets into the car and Billy Crystal's eating the cherry and then he goes to spit the pit out oh, and, and then he spits it right in into the, the closed yeah. the window. And I'm like, but that one doesn't, you know, that was funny, but not nearly. Not as iconic. I no, mean, this is an iconic moment yeah. with, with regards to food i um i had i saw this as a kid when i probably i definitely did, <laughs> don't understand everything yeah, um, yeah. But, um one i didn't i didn't remember carrie fisher being the uh the, the best yep, friend, friend which the best is, friend it's making me want to rewatch this movie but um i remember both the cherry pit scene surprisingly vividly i didn't remember um i wouldn't have thought i'd remember that but as soon as you said cherry pit it was it clicked in my head of him spitting it and it not the window being open or sorry, closed and uh, uh, rolled up. Yep. Um, yeah, that was a weird way to phrase that. And then, um, and then that scene, which as a kid, I don't know if I fully understood what was happening, but I understood it enough. You know what I mean? Like, even yeah, something's up. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you're like, why is she so happy? Um, <laughs> and yet sounding like she's slightly in pain. But uh, <laughs> wow, definitely an icon. Now we're gonna have the kids gonna have to ask their parents <laughs> what's going on here. Um, but yeah, definitely a great scene. And I have seen this movie, so that one, I, I'm not going to get all three because I don't think I saw, which I'm really disappointed because I've seen most of Mr. Bean's stuff, but somehow missed the one you picked. Um, so how many are you up to now? Oh, this is my first. I, I have not seen your, oh, you're not going to make, you're going to nope. make the three. I needed the Bean movie. Cool? I, uh, 
think I'm at zero. You haven't seen when Harry zero. Sally? Not if I have it's not been since I was a kid. Well, I mean, so I'm, not, like I remember, remember. Yeah, mm-mm. I'm counting. But that it, has Billy I know Crystal I and Meg Ryan, right? Meg Ryan, yeah. Bruno, Bruno Kirby, I think, is Carrie Fisher's husband. It is because uh, that's the whole scene where they have split it right down the middle. Harry's calling Bruno Kirby's character. Carrie Fisher's talking to Meg Ryan's character. It's very. I, I really love. It's a Rob Reiner film, isn't it? It is. Yes, it is. Yeah, and that, I think that's well. And probably Nora Ephron, probably associated. So. She's the writer. Yeah. <laughs> Dang so, um, oh, I don't know how you store all this in your brain. I forget everything. Uh, well, I mean, typically when it's either of those two, and even on their own, because I think they've collaborated on a few things. I'm just like very recently, if it's A24, I'm going to watch it. If it's <laughs> them, I'm probably going to like it. Well, it has a 76 Metacritic and a 7.6 IMDb score. I don't have the Rotten Tomato and stuff, yeah. but just to back yeah, it up. Yeah, it's, it's up there. Yeah. It's just um, my sync didn't sync, so I'm having some tech issues. No problem. But when we get to my number one, well, we'll see. Well, my number two is a movie about food, um, it, and there's no other way to sell it. It's literally about food, um, and it's got the, the Holy Trinity type of thing going on where we have the writer – Director and star is the same person, uh, and it's John yes. Favreau from yep. Chef, yep. 2014. Um, I saw this on Netflix um, in 2015 or 2016. I don't remember for sure, but I I like John Favreau normally. Um, I have I think there's few of his films that I've seen where I don't like him. Um, in fact, I can't think of one where I don't like him. I and I like him in stupid crap. Like I like him in PCU. Um, and I, I'm a fan of I'm a huge as we've talked about on the show. I'm a big fan, fan of Friends, and he plays one of Monica's boyfriends yep. for several episodes. Yep. Pete, um, and I, I just I generally like John Favreau. I love this movie though, and it worked for me on so many levels. Particularly though, um, I love the relationship with him and his son Percy, and I love that John Leguizamo mm-hmm. gets to be kind of a normal guy because sometimes mm-hmm. Leguizamo gets put into roles where he just doesn't get to showcase how cool Z. he can be. Um, yeah, sometimes he's zany or he's really over the top and I really liked him in this movie and my favorite scenes are them in the food truck, um, just loving food. Like there's, there's so many scenes in this movie where I could pick because there is a, a sheer love for food in the film, right? Like him making the grilled cheese sandwich with his kid. Like it's a grilled cheese sandwich, but there's like an artistry to it when he does it. And, um, there's such a, a, a appreciation for food in this movie um, and it's a good movie though. It's, it's, the characters are great. Uh, there's some, re- I think Favreau maybe gives his best performance. Like he's so good in this movie. Um, but the scene in the food truck in Miami, when they're making the Cubans and the kid burns his finger, um, but decides to keep going. Like he's being, a, he's being a cook, you know, you bring your hand, you just keep cooking. That's what you do. And it's such a cool moment. Um, you see his business starting to thrive where like the tweets are going out and people are super excited about his food. They want this food. I'm, I want the food in the scene. Like I'm dying. Cause like they have, um, I forgot it's a banana ketchup, like, or something for the French fries. And I was like, Oh my God. I, oh, for not just French fries, yucca fries. I've not had yucca fries. I've wanted to try yucca fries. And I'm just like watching the scene. Like I want to eat this. And how great of a movie are you that you're making me hungry you know, watching it, you know, like it's, it's that much attention to the detail. And again, I really think the movie is, um, not seen enough. I, I people were talking about it, especially cause it did end up on Netflix pretty quick. 
Um, and I think it's still on Netflix, but it's one of my favorite movies right. about food, um, period. And it's uh, Chef. Yeah, it's it's really great. It's um, our one common friend. I think it made him want to consider getting a food truck, oh, wow. which he hasn't. And I'm like, yeah, uh, he hasn't. And I, I'm yeah, like, man, I wouldn't. I would love to. I'm I am not a gourmet chef, but there are things that you know that I picked up from my stepdad. And it's funny you talk about the grilled cheese because Abby can do some baking. My wife's more of a baker, and I'll pick up on. And I want my grilled cheese a certain way. And, you know, as far as the way the pan goes and how you heat it, then we've moved on to peanut oil because of the higher burn point mm. and, and different, you know, little things that you kind of pick up. I mean, I, I didn't have all the ingredients, but when we made, I forget what it was, some sort of chicken, I thought, man, I want some honey mustard. And I had the honey, didn't have the right kind of mustard. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that kind of... Uh, yeah, the thought that was put into that film for the prep and everything and I, is just I don't amazing. know if I said, but it has a 68 Metacritic, 7.3 uh, IMDb score. But I also want to touch on some of the cast because you have Robert Downey Jr., um, Scarlett Johansson, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Bobby Cannavale, and those, they're oh. all great. Sofia Vergara, yeah. Oliver Platt. Yeah. I, obviously, Favreau used his Marvel connections to pull Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson into right. this. But... Um, you know, and I don't rem- I don't actually remember ScarJo in this very well, but Robert Downey Jr. is great in the scene that he's in. Um, oh, you know what? I think she might have been like the uh, the maitre d at the restaurant or something, um, like the first restaurant that he's working at. I can't recall for sure. Okay. Um, Dustin Hoffman's character, oh. um, and then Sofia Vergara is his, I believe, his ex wife. But then they like reconnect um, as the movie goes on, and. I actually, she's not as obnoxious as she's often uh, portrayed in other like TV shows and stuff. In Chef, you've hit it on the head because that's what has kept me for a long time watching uh, Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she was very, very, very early Sofia Vergara. I didn't recognize her. Um, it was Tim Allen. I think I want to say Renee Russo as well. It's called Big Trouble. It's adapt. Uh, one of my previous coworkers at my last school had mentioned it, and it didn't do well because it had a terrorist subplot. Oh, and it was around two thousand two nine eleven. Yeah, uh huh. And so it, I don't even think they even fully released it because at that point it was just too. And it's it's intended yeah. at, uh, as a farcical, wacky. It, it worked Holy for me. Holy cow, man. The cast in this movie that you're talking about is ridiculous. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it should have been. It should have gone somewhere. But because of the that subplot, that killed the movie in essence. Yeah, because, I mean, you got the, the, the three that we've mentioned. But then Stanley Tucci, Tom Sizemore, Johnny Knoxville, yeah, Dennis yeah. Farina, uh, Janine Garofalo, Patrick Warburton, Ben yes. Foster, Zoe Deschanel. Dang. Uh, I mean. Yeah. Uh, just lost Corey. Yeah, yeah, I know. They I was like, dang. Uh, Jason Lee, though, Omar Epps, um, Andy Richter's in this. Like, man. If you can dig it up, it's silly, it's wacky. Since you like this oh, not, I my feel God, dude. you would like this one. Patrick Warburton and Janine Garofalo are police officers in this movie. Yes, they play police <laughs> officers, yes. Oh, I'm I'm in. I want to see this. Yeah, um, I, I forget. I think she let me borrow it, or it was on free for a small window of time. 
it's one of those underseen. Sorry to get on if I'm a tangent. It's just I am not a big fan of her, Sofia Vergara, but I liked her in that. Yeah. And you're right. And being in an understated role, that's good because you're used to the other. Yeah, where she's big and obnoxious. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that grates on me after a while. <laughs> All right. Well, Corey, uh, do you have anything to add to she- about Chef? I haven't seen it. Oh, Sorry, excuse me. Corey, you must watch Chef immediately. It's so good. Uh, I actually want to rewatch okay. it, having talked about it. So, Don't let her do her number one pick. She's got to watch Chef yep, first. We'll come back. So we'll be back it. next week with my uh, number <laughs> one. No. Jeez. What's your, what's your number one, Corey? Okay, my number one is from a movie this year, and I don't even care if it's new. Um, it is probably my favorite scene. In the whole movie. Um, I'm talking about Big Sick. I Mm, love when Kumail shows up uninvited to dinner and sits down and no one is speaking to him. Oh my god, Corey. What a great pick. And he has made flashcards with talking points. Um, I think that this scene is hilarious and heartbreaking Mm -hmm. and i love how brave he is in this because everyone's shunned him because he's dating an american girl and i mean you know his mom keeps trying to set him up with um pakistani women of his yeah um Mm -hmm. same ethnicity Mm -hmm. and he just doesn't want to have any of it so well it's not even that he is I'm sorry. I, it's, I, it's, it's, no, I, I can see what you're saying, that maybe I worded that wrong. He doesn't want to be put into an arranged marriage because right. he believes that part of being an American and being brought to America to have to America to have that type of life, it should give him the freedom to marry who he wants. Yes. But that's In his, ultimately not how Yeah. Is. Oh, man. It's such a great movie, and that scene is all of those things. It's funny. And yet heartbreaking and inspiring, though, because he refuses to let them, He's, like, cut him you out. You can't kick me out of this family because this has to be uh, – I forget what word he says, but – oh, it has to be unanimous, and I make this unanimous, so you – Yeah, blah, I, blah, blah, I, blah, blah, blah. I'm not voting for it. So, yeah, it's such a great scene. It's very powerful, and um, it leads to a lot of other moments in the movie later because that's, that's pretty late in the movie. It's definitely – it's kind of a spoiler. It's not really because if you know the premise of the film, it's just part of the the big plot. Um, it's a side effect of the major storyline. Um, so I, I don't really think it would be a spoiler. We give spoiler warnings anyways. But uh, yeah, that one of my favorite movies from this year easily. Um, it might be my favorite romantic comedy of all time um, because uh-huh. it's based on a I true story. So, I mean, that love it so much. And I am yeah. a huge Kamel fan and I am a fan of Emily's, although Emily... Um, she one. She's not the actress in it, but as a, I, I know their relationship from real life because I've listened to podcasts with them, um, and so I I've, just invested in it. Yeah, sorry, Corey, I didn't mean to cut you off yet. Again. Um, no, I'm not familiar with her. I really like the actress who. I mean, besides this movie, yeah, I really like the actress they chose to play her. Yes, she's I think great. she did a really great job. Yeah, I I, I can't recommend that movie enough. So, um. Cool, cool pull. I didn't even think about that when I was. See, this is what I'm talking about. Um, I I saw that movie too, and it did not pop in my head to think about that scene because it is, it's important. Um, in that scene, even honestly, uh, you could t- pull the scene when they're having pizza when he's with her family, with her mother and father, and they're eating pizza because 
it, they kind of bond over food. Like that's how they get past that initial awkwardness of uh, uh, knowing each other. So. And- I don't know Holly Hunter from a whole lot. I can only name like one movie off the top of my head that I can remember her being in home for the holidays. But I love her and I love Ray Romano so much in this movie. You need to watch more Holly Hunter stuff, Raising Arizona. Oh, I've Um, seen that. Not since I was a kid, but okay. Um, I'm trying to think of the Danny Boyle one with Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz. She's seen that. Loved. You oh, have to have seen that, right, Corey? Like, there's no way. Um, the island, right? Probably. Oh, is I've it, only seen parts of that. Is it the island? No, no, no. It wasn't the island. That was Scarlett Johansson and you and That's right. wasn't My it? bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh, she's an kid... old brother. Where it though? Mm-hmm. She's uh, she oh, is. Yeah, she's great. I, I love. Uh, well, she was in Batman vs Superman, but you're not. You don't need to watch that. No, no. Um, no. Oh, she was in The Incredibles. She plays the mom. Yes, yep. she plays the mom. Oh, she is great. You can't. You can, she has such a distinct voice. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. And you can't really miss her. And I, oh, I love her. Yeah, she's great. She's really great as the mom in this movie too. Like in, in the movie, I, I gotta dig up that movie. In that movie that she's in, she's an angel paired up with, I believe it's Delroy Lindo. Oh, what was it called? Um, man, it was a romantic comedy and kidnap caper. Hmm. That's going to bug me. I'll look it up and I'll find it at some point here. I want to know what the Danny Boyle one is. I mean, he's only that's got... what I'm looking. Oh, that's, a, that's okay. the one you're talking about. I mean... That would probably be the way easier way than me looking through her. Yeah, just look at Danny Boyle's because he's only got so many films. Word. I'm looking okay. for it. I'll find it. Okay. Thank All right. You. Well, actually, Mike, we need to move to your number one. Um, so you might have to pause to at least address okay. what yours is. And as I found it, it's my. Uh, it's not my number one pick. It's uh, a life less ordinary is the one I'm thinking of. Ah. Came out uh, a year oh. right after a year after Train Spotting. Okay. It was fair, but I liked it over. I liked it more than I. Well, I remember seeing it at the theater and my wife and I liked it. So, all right. So my number one, and this is part of why I was kind of hesitant to speak. This was my easy pick for number one. When Pan gets his imagination back, it's <gasps> Hook. Oh. oh. Well, heck yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. That was my number one. I, when I went to build, that was the one that I went with because it's that clear, distinct moment in the film where he be, he realizes he is the pan. And as much as I wanted to dislike Rufio, and I totally forgot because I dug up the scene again and it's not only about the food. He's going back and forth, and there's this repartee. This is where my notes dropped out. And, you know, the insults that he's lobbing at, at, at the adult pan and the really oh-so-weak responses. And, and Tink is trying to get him, you know, because she wants him in shape so that she, he, can fa- he can face Hook, which he's in no shape to do because he can't even fly. And this is that moment, that moment in the film where he switches over and he's able to finally see it. Yep. And it was tough for me to bite my tongue because I'm like, man, that's you your number five. You did a pretty five. good job. You did a pretty that's good my job. Number five. That's, my, that's your number five. That's my number one. And so I wanted to say more. And I know that the overall ratings are dismal on this one. This one gets a lot of hate, it seems. I didn't it realize does. it was that divisive. It does get, yeah. um, I didn't know that either. Um, I, I really 
I think my son and I really like it. I don't know about my daughter and wife. He and I are the film people, and we would. He knows it. He can spot it right away. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah. that and you also have um, it is a father son story too. Yeah, in a lot of ways. So yeah, um, and I, I'll say I I think I might be aware of this because of Douglas movies. There's been throughout the years I've listened to Douglas movies. Um, it, whenever Hook gets brought up, it's very decisive. A lot of times you'll have the audience will start ch- chanting Rufio, but other people will kind of shut it down like, no, not Rufio. So <laughs> it's, it's a very divisive movie, and it's it's either you're, yeah. you're for or against it. Um, but, but Dustin Hoffman in it becomes, you know, uh, becomes Hook. And, you know, that bad fall, Peter. Yeah. And just these little bits and pieces. I, I will say, and I know it was a, a big deal was made of it when – Julia Roberts cut off her hair. Yes. To play Tink. Yeah. And it was such a different look and it's grown on me. It fits. It just people that was a big deal for people. Maybe that was what it was. It was like Samson when he gets his hair cut off, she loses her powers. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. That's it's funny that uh Corey's number five ends up being Mike's number one and Mike did a so good job one. hiding that too. Um yeah, you've seen one. Um I've seen two of Mike's five, so we were both off by one, but um, not bad. I win again. You win again, Mike. Um, my number I... one. Oh, sorry, Corey. Nope. Go ahead. Well, my number one um, is a movie that I found on accident, and I think this might be the first movie on any of my list that my wife is the reason that I watched it. Um, my wife likes to randomly pick things uh, based on the. She does what you're not supposed to do. She judges movies by their covers. <laughs> Um, she'll look, she'll kind of scroll through the demands, and she'll see a poster, and she'll just be like, "I'm gonna watch this." And I will be often frustrated because I'm like, you know, I I I know about movies, like that's my whole thing, and you just randomly pick stuff. I could give you a list of like 50 movies that I want to watch right now that are critically acclaimed and have these great actors in it, and you're picking because of the poster. And normally that that method does not work out, but this particular film. Did and it's uh, from 2014, a very small independent film that just had a, uh, some, a festival run called East Side Sushi. Yeah, uh, you mentioned this. I, I've been wanting to watch. This I one. knew this was going to be on your list. Uh, Anthony Lucero is the director and writer. Um, this is a film that the day after I watched it, uh, my my wife and Corey and I went to the Salvation Army. And by weird luck, there was a DVD in their DVD bin of this movie, which I'm like, what are the odds? I've never even heard of it. For one doll hair? For one doll hair. And I bought that. Um, I then brought it to work. Uh, We have a culinary program at my school, and I gave it to the culinary teacher because she's often looking for movies about food. And there's there's not a lot of um, kid-friendly ones out there, right? Like a lot of them Mm. have a lot of cursing. Even Chef, I think, is rated R um, Mm -hmm. because of language. And Well, Eastside Sushi's rated PG, so it's perfect. And uh, it's it's great in so many ways because it, it features a lead female character played by Diana Elizabeth Torres. Um, uh, her name is Juana in the movie. She uh, sh- her whole the whole movie revolves around food. She has a passion for food, um, but she ends up becoming really fascinated with sushi. Um, she gets a job uh, working as a sous chef in the back, um, you know, you know, uh, making rice and chopping vegetables, and. Um, she starts watching sushi, and she's just she's taken away by the beauty of of the the artistry behind making sushi, and um, she then kind of she starts like mimicking and, and making it at home, and there's some really great family humor involved with that. But the very first time she eats sushi is the scene that I'm pulling for this because 
um, she's the before the restaurant opens, the whole staff has a lunch together. They all eat together. And the first time she's not really big on fish and she, uh, she's not she's trying to use chopsticks and she doesn't know how. And the guy like he's like, you can pick up with your fingers. And she kind of at first tries to resist, but then ends up using her fingers. And uh, she's really impressed by the flavors and how everything meshes together. And then she tries um, sashimi, uh, which is not something everybody is good at doing. And he kind of walks her through like your the proper protocol. You put a little wasabi in the soy sauce, and you dip it. You don't drown it in the soy sauce. You dip it lightly in the soy sauce, and you're kind of going through sushi etiquette. Um, and it's such a powerful scene for so many reasons because you have Diana, who is a super strong female character. Um, there is a there's one melodramatic moment early in the movie that it kind of is the catalyst for her looking for another job. Um, that it's not the best, but after that, I think there's so such strong performances from Diana and uh, Yutaka uh, Takuchi, who is Aki in the movie. He is one of the sushi chefs and the one who really kind of takes her under his wing. And there's you learn a lot about uh, the culture because it's uh, their female sushi chefs are not a thing in traditional Japanese culture. So she's fighting against that, and then um, her it, she's inexperienced as far as a sushi chef goes. So she's fighting against that and. It's it's an inspirational movie. It's a great film. It's um, I showed it to my film students. They loved it. I think it's a really great example of what an indep- an independent film can be. Um, you know, it, it's a simple story yet it's an elegant story. There's some really great uh, visuals because of the sushi that's being made. Um, and again, like Chef, I, there's several things she um, she adds a few uh, custom rolls that are. Um, mexican inspired so like there's uh like that she has jalapenos instead of a seaweed for one of the rolls and like i re- i'm like man i really want to try a few of her sushi rolls i wish they were like available at my local restaurant because they sound great um but i i love this movie and i really uh thought this was a great opportunity to talk about it and hopefully make more people aware of it it was on hbo i don't know if it still is but um i found it at the salvation army for a dollar on dvd so i'm sure you can find it somewhere I thought I saw it on Xfinity. I need to watch it. Yeah. Or it's, it's on a service, and I just need to watch it before it goes away. Yes. I, um, I can't recommend it enough. You mentioned food, uh, films about food, and I'm going to mention my – well, I know we're going to talk about honorable mentions, and mm-hmm. this one was on my – I think it's rated PG-13. I know it is. I just looked it up. Uh, tortilla Soup. I have not seen that one. Okay. Tortilla Soup. I think i want to say it took from a asian film called eat drink man woman Mm. and basically it's the dad of three daughters who's kind of lost he can't get back into the 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 groove of cooking and it's it's i think the loss of his wife affected him so you might um that might be and especially having mentioned the danny clever one you might like that I'm, Um, i'm down and i haven't watched this yet but our our friend Nora Ephron wrote uh, Julia and Julie or Julie and Julia. I that's on Julie my list. and Julia. So yeah. that my that one's also rated PG thirteen. Amy Adams and Meryl Streep. It's hard to uh, yes. to not love it. That, so. Yeah, yeah. It, it came on the other day and it was already part way in and I'm like, no, I want to watch this from the the beginning to end. Oh, Stanley Tucci's in it as well. In fact, so I actually referenced um, when I started the Burke Reviews website I, in my opening post where I kind of explained about the challenge and what I was going to do, I referenced Julia and Julia because it's based on a book um, that a woman actually, the the character Julie yes. um, in the movie did that. She blogged about 
um, doing the the whole cookbook and got it turned into a book. And that was kind of I theorized maybe I could do something similar with my reviews. Um, I've not done that yet, but that's more on me. I haven't made an effort to do that yet. But um, that is our top five, folks. We're going to get into some honorable mentions, um, and then we will wrap up the episode. Uh, Corey, what do you have for honorable mentions? Oh, dang. Um, I turn it. I only have one. I forgot. Um, Pan, I have Pan's Labyrinth. Ophelia ah. eats mm. the feast and gets chased by the Pale Man. The Pale Man. I was supposed to show that to my kids, uh, my, my film two class last week, and we had mm-hmm. um, I only have it digital, and we had some major streaming internet issues this week, so I had to like pull a uh, an audible and change the movie. Like like we got through eight minutes, and then. It stopped playing, and our Apple TV actually said it would take two hours before the movie would play again. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know that was something that the program would do. But it literally was like, "It'll be two hours before we resume playing." I'm like, "All right, we need to do something different." And uh, we ended up watching 500 Days of Summer instead. But um, yeah, I had a, it was not in my. I was not planned to not watch Pan's Labyrinth, so I had to really like do some thinking and and some quick adapting. But. Um, they they liked 500 days but i am disappointed we didn't get to watch that yet but we will watch it um mike what do you have for honorable mentions all right i already mentioned it but pretty much the entirety of tortilla soup the chocolate pie scene from the help that one oh uh, man um dude that's a good pull (laughs) yeah the brains part from hannibal which we talked about the dinner scene from beetlejuice come on that's just that song is so infectious um there are a couple more. I don't want to mess too far. Um, speaking of the darker side of that scene, there's a part in The Serpent and the Rainbow. And in the middle of a dinner party, one of them starts eating glass. Ooh. And it's, yeah, it's, it's an old, if you don't know that one, that's an old Wes Craven. Uh, I think it was Wes Craven. Bill Pullman, uh, Serpent and the Rainbow, real creepy. And then my last one, there's two parts in Swingers that are mm. kind of telling the one where there's in the, in the middle of the diner at, late at night yep. and Vince Vaughn is you're all grown up and you're all grown up and he does it, this Vince Vaughn thing and he's like and then he's like I'm you know he's considered and then he literally gives his food away to the table behind him he's just so obnoxious and then the contrasting scene to that the ending meal because they meet I want to say for breakfast and he start they're in the middle of a conversation and um, John Favreau has reached this point where he's finally given up his, you know, on his ex, and he's moving forward with the, um, with um, Lorraine. And then he, he he totally interrupts it in the middle of everything, and he's starting to flirt with someone across the room. And then he finds out that he, even and and John Favreau's character sees him for the fool he really has been throughout the whole thing because the girl wasn't even flirting with him; she was playing with her baby oh yeah 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 <laughs> nice um i have a few i have julia and julia actually on my list uh, <laughs> honorable mentions. um i have burnt from 2015 with bradley cooper which is a movie i initially kind of uh was like gonna skip and then watched it on hbo last year and i really enjoyed it it's it's a little over the top and he he's angry but there's some really cool scenes in it especially the cooking scenes in that movie um, I have Ratatouille, the when they learn to cook, uh-huh. like when he's like pulling his hair like that, then they're <laughs> testing everything out. Um, this film I watched actually during the hurricane uh, called The Trip um, with Steve Coogan and I'm going to forget the other guy's name, but the whole movie is the premise is that Steve Coogan is playing himself um, and the other actor is playing himself 
it is a mm. scripted movie, but the premise is that they are um, filming like a like a documentary um, where they're going from like across a region and going from restaurant to restaurant to restaurant, and they film like them eating and they kind of are reviewing it. And it is actually a BBC TV series that they did a, a, a two hour film, and they've actually had uh, the trip to Spain. I think it's the newest one, and then I think they did a trip to somewhere else. They have three movies, trip to Italy, and then um, the trip to Spain, and then just the trip. And then there's a TV series called The Trip, but it's Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon, and uh, it's it's very funny. Uh, it's, it's something like – it's basically two guys having conversations while eating fancy food and making a bunch of jokes about it, and it's, it's great. Um, I mentioned uh, Alien. Um, the the unexpected dinner <laughs> guest when the alien pops out of their uh, his stomach, and then I can't mention that and not mention Spaceballs when they're at right. the diner and the same scene happens essentially, and he's like, "Not again, not again." Um, Check, please. Uh, wait, what? What did he have? The special? The special? That's what I'm having. I'll have right. the soup. <laughs> like, and then um, Pulp Fiction, the five dollar shake, um, the mm, the the whole man. diner sequence. And then my or lo- even at the 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 other part of the ro- the uh, hamburger the way that movie well and uh, no no uh, uh, the, between um... the diner yeah there's a lot oh, of food Danny I love that scene and now I'm thinking Reservoir Dogs uh the opening sequence oh my god um but then, I don't tip I don't tip yeah I love that scene so oh, much man. and then the last movie is um I'm gonna reference this another independent film I I saw it at the Florida Film Festival this year. Um, and it stars um, Danny Glover, and this you actually reminded me of it when we were talking oh. about him earlier, um, and James Roday um, from Psych, and then uh, Robin mm-hmm. e, e, uh, Robin Weigert, who is fantastic in this movie. Um, it's a it's billed as a AIDS comedy, um, and it's directed by Tom E. Brown, and it's not Tommy, it's Tom E. is his middle initial Brown, um, and. I don't know if it's available to see anywhere right now, and that's what sucks is I don't know if it got distribution, but it was such a good film. And the food that it is, is it, it's kind of technically not food. It's a beverage. Um, he drinks coffee a lot. Like, it's a it's a joke throughout the film. He's drinking coffee so much. Like, he's almost just, like, IV coffee. He, he drinks so much caffeine, and it's part of the medication that he's on, but it becomes, like, an ongoing kind of joke throughout the film. And so... Um, I, I thought I'd throw that in there, partly because of Danny Glover's character, and partly I think James Roday is amazing in this movie. And if if you get the opportunity to see it, or if maybe me talking about it gets enough people interested that maybe they post it on YouTube or something, because it, it needs to be seen by more people. It's so great. You have some great performances, and I really wanted to mention it because of Danny Glover's uh, character, who um, he is uh, James Roday's boss. But they have a really cool connection in the movie, and it's it's something I just wanted to bring up. I have one more that I had forgotten to write down, uh-huh. and I just remembered. I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. Um, from a ghost story when oh, M is eating oh my the pie. God. Yes. Yeah. The pie scene. Dang. And that finally... scene, I've been. Oh, you finally got to see it. This this week, I finally watched it. Oh, I love it. Um, I've heard so much junk talked about that scene. Yeah, me but too. I think that people just have no idea. It's it's love I or had, hate. Yes, I feel that like one definitely is. It, uh, I, I will say I need to watch it again because I had to split my viewing up. I mm. uh, was watching it as I was packing up things in my class and leaving. You know, 
But <laughs> my favorite part is we don't have to hear Casey Affleck a whole lot in it. <laughs> Ouch. Um. Well, folks, that is our top five movie food moments. We'd love to hear what you thought. Um, if what movies did we miss? And we know there's tons of movies that we miss. I mean, you have uh, you can go Three Stooges, you can go Duck Soup. I mean, there's so many classic movies that revolve around food. We've definitely missed tons. We'd love to hear uh, what are your five favorite food moments in movie history. Um, we'll be back next week, but until then, you can email us contact at Burke Reviews. Um, follow me on Twitter at Burke Reviews. Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And Mike. At Server Monkey. Um, we'll be back next week with another top five. This week for Movie Club, Corey and I are watching Coffee and Cigarettes from Jim Jarmusch uh, from 2003, I believe. Um, and that is available to watch on Tribeca Shortlist. You can email us or follow us on Twitter and tweet at us um, your thoughts on that film, and we might read those on the podcast. Uh, guys, thank you so much, and I look for. I hope you have a great holiday. You do the Me same. Too. And we'll be back next week, everybody. Thanks a lot. Bye, guys. Later. Bye. Peace. Peace.